Welcome back to the show. Our next guest was born and raised in Terrace, B.C. He is part of the Gitsan Nation. Now, that's a long way from Wall Street. For the past 20 years, Bill Lomax has worked for firms like Smith Barney and Goldman Sachs. Well, now Bill Lomax has returned back to Canada in his new role as the new CEO of the First Nations Bank of Canada. He joins us now. Mr. Lomax, thank you uh, for speaking to us today. Thanks so much for having me on, Jeff. Well, let's start uh, first and foremost. Twenty-two years um, on Wall Street, different financial firms. Was it, was it a tough decision to come back to British Columbia and Canada? Honestly, it was a little bit. I had a really great job uh, down in the states, and I, I figured that I would probably retire there. But when I uh, when when this job came up, uh, it was really a no-brainer. It was an opportunity to come up and do a lot of the things that I love to do. Uh, and an opportunity to get home again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really important to both me and my family. Now, when um, we talked about the Bank of Canada, people know what that is, but very few people know about the First Nations Bank of Canada. Give me a, a, a history lesson in regards to sort of when it started and, and what kind of work it does. Absolutely. So First Nations Bank of Canada was established in 1996. And quite honestly, back then it was uh, it seemed like a little bit of a pipe dream. And uh, it was started with about $5 million. And it was started because a number of chiefs out in Saskatchewan felt that they were not getting the service that they wanted from the big five banks. Uh, And so fast forward 26, 27 years later, and the bank has grown dramatically. It's actually done really quite well. Uh, uh, If you look at where we're located, though, you'll notice that even though technically we have uh, offices coast to coast to coast, that we're really more centered in the middle and in the north. Uh, so uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, a little bit in Alberta, uh, and then a lot in the far north. I'm here to try and change all of that currently. We're trying to really move aggressively uh, into British Columbia and more into Alberta, uh, and then into Ontario and the Maritimes as well. How much money does the bank handle pr- presently, roughly? Uh, we have about a billion two in deposits currently. We also do trust administration. We have about another billion, uh, 1.1 billion there. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned that uh, the bulk of the work that the, the First Nations Bank does is um, in the central part of Canada, the prairies and up north. Um, how much of a role do you think BC can play for you in your portfolio and just expanding the business and investing in First Nations community in regards to this particular moment in our province uh, and First Nations communities? Well, this is really an exciting time to be trying to do business in British Columbia. You have, uh, first of all, you have over 200 First Nations here in BC that are not being served by us for the most part currently. So that's a lot of opportunity uh, on that front. But it's also a time when First Nations are really in a financial ascension. They're really, there's uh, a lot going on for them uh, that had not been going on. Uh, certainly in my lifetime. So I'm quite excited about the opportunities here in BC uh, and what we at the bank can do to help First Nations as they uh, look at the future. You know, when I think of First Nations communities here in, in, in the perch that I'm at and, and, and watching uh, these communities, uh, I've been a reporter for almost 
25, 30 years now, and uh, I look at a large-scale LNG project at Heisla Territory up at Kitimat, $36 billion investment, largest private sector investment in this country. Uh, there are smaller projects, Cedar LNG. I think the, the Nishka are also looking at a potential LNG project or pipeline. You've got the Synox project here in uh, downtown Vancouver, south side of the Broad Street Bridge there, and many other developments coming uh, potentially as well. You've got you know potentially the wine industry in the interior. Uh, is there a particular segment of the uh, of um, uh, sectors or se- segment or of the economy you want to focus on? Because there is a wide variety, like I said, from wine to, to LNG to real estate. Is there a particular sector you want to focus on here in regards to British Columbia, natural resources versus others? Well, honestly, we don't choose particular sectors. We do what our clients need us to do. So we will, for example, 10 years ago, uh, if we look back 10 years ago, we didn't know much about forestry, mm-hmm. uh, but then one of our biggest clients uh, got heavily into forestry, owns a sawmill, and we learned a lot, and we've done a lot more in that uh, space ever since. So we're looking to basically do anything that our clients need us to do. Uh, we're more focused on our clients and what they're doing than we are in a particular industry. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, after graduating from law school, my understanding, you, you graduated from law school at uh, UBC, uh, but you went into finance. Right. How did that How did that occur? When you go to law school, generally people assume you're going to end up in law. Uh, why did you change your mind? You know, honestly, I think I ended up going into law because I thought, it was kind of an easy path of sorts. I was getting ready to finish up undergrad and I didn't know what I was going to do. So it seemed easy to just sort of extend my time in school and go and finish up uh, working in the legal world. But I realized pretty quickly that it wasn't really what I wanted to do with the rest of my life uh, and that I was really more interested in the markets and in finance. Uh, So I decided I would go back to school and that's how I ended up down in the States. Uh, I went down to do an MBA at Columbia University. Uh, it, when you're in the high-flying world of finance in the United States, uh, one would argue, you know, clearly the biggest economy in the world, the epicenter of finance to a certain degree between New York and London. Uh, what was it like coming home? I mean, did you always have this desire to at some point come back? Uh, you, you were born and raised, as I said, in Terrace. Was there always a desire to come back here, or, or, or was this a unique issue, unique a job opportunity that really said, okay, this fits my skill set, and I think this is where I can make things work? Well, I'd say yes to both of those. Uh, I always did want to come back. I never found an opportunity that really seemed to work for me. Uh, quite frankly, and it's a, I thought it was a little strange, the Canadian banks never really tried to pursue me, despite uh, my trying to connect with them on several occasions over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there really just wasn't an opportunity that spoke to me. I had job offers uh, left and right down in the States, so I was a little surprised about that. But then this job opportunity came up, and it really, uh, kind of as you said, it spoke to me, provides an opportunity to provide a lot of nation-building leadership, uh, an opportunity to provide mentorship to uh, young uh, First Nations folks who are trying to make make a career in finance, uh, and an opportunity to serve uh, indigenous communities across the country. Well, Bill, it's uh, you have a fabulous backstory, and you've got a lot of work ahead of you because there's so many opportunities. And you're right, the community, the communities across uh, British Columbia First Nations communities are on the ascension, and it is uh, where I said fabulous to watch and see as well. Lots going on. Look forward to having you on the show uh, in the near future as well. Thank you so much for your time today. 
Thank you for having me.